0: I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, you like to move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, I like to move it, move it, you (etheless) like to ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like To Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully, and today I have a very special guest with me. Uh, he's been on the show before. You were here for It Follows. Uh-huh. You were here for another one.
1: I was here for two others. Two others. I was others. here for uh, uh, both um, of of What's-His-Name's movies, his two horrors, uh, Us and, and Get Out. Get Out.
0: Were you in Get Out?
1: I think I was in Get Out.
0: I feel like I remember I we know. specifically had guests of color for Get Out, oh, and then, then I made was fun of ourselves for doing it. In Get Out, yeah, you're you're right white now. like me.
1: Us and It Follows. For us sure. and It Follows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Us was definitely. Yeah. And well, his name it, is Ian Kimball. Yeah. Hey, and he hey, is hey. here. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. yes, I'm happy to be here. Happy We're happy
0: to, be... happy to have you. Ian is a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He has made Dead Giveaway. A few times. In the process of making <laughs> Dead Giveaway <laughs> again.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, doing a lot of fun stuff, producing uh, producing a horror movie that's going to shoot early next year, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, you and I are working on a horror anthology that I think is going to be
0: fucking stellar. It's going to be dope. Yeah. It's going to be dope. So, staying busy. Staying busy. That's the way staying to in. go. We had a filmmaker on the show a couple weeks back, Brian Metcalf is yeah. his name, yeah. and he said that one of the craziest things about being in the filmmaking business is that you have to have as many coals in the fire as possible because it is just the flakiest business in the world and whatever you're working on it will almost definitely fall apart
1: absolutely true yeah, yeah he's 100 percent right and it's funny i didn't really learn that until the these last couple of years because it was always kind of i was always kind of just working on one project at a time And then with you know with that giveaway happening and it kind of Picking up and falling off and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And with the pandemic and everything else, it sort of was like, oh, I'm bored and I want to make shit. So I started just kind of doing exactly what you said and putting more coals in the fire. Mm. And next thing you know, it's like I have four different projects that I'm sitting on top of. And... I'm still trying to make that get Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. So It's always
0: the thing you don't expect to be the thing that gets across the finish line that does. Yeah, exactly. You're like, whatever, and I'm not as into the filmmaking world as you are, but anytime I have any sort of creative project, it's always the thing that I was least passionate about that gets the most thrust and gets across the finish line. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you just gotta keep them burning.
1: Oh, man, yeah, and it's been fun. It's been fun. It's a, this it's a goddamn nightmare. A lot of times, uh, and it can be lonely and depressing, but otherwise, it's a pretty good time.
0: I think when I'm when it, like, I like writing a negative review because that's when I'm funniest, yeah. but I always feel bad writing a negative review because getting a movie made is a fucking miracle. It is an it's absolute miracle. miracle. You have yeah. to pull just gigantic forces, move mountains just to get it done. Oh, yeah. And then to make it good or to, to make it coherent. Is something that seems monumental to me. Yeah. To make it good is impossible. That's
1: actually very. It's true. crazy. Yeah, it's it's shockingly hard mm. to make to finish a movie. Mm-hmm. To literally finish any one movie is absurd, and for it to actually for people to actually like it and want to see it, or like tell their friends to see it is, it's it fucking does, impossible. It literally doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's completely impossible, yeah. but so, it happens all the time. And it's going to happen again.
1: Yeah. It's going to
0: happen again. Yeah. You finished Dead Giveaway twice. You do can do it, do it a third time. Term. So we'll do a little, before we get into our movie this week uh, that, that Ian brought, um, we are going to get into just a little bit of uh, some movie news. I'm pumped. The biggest movie news. Mm. Matrix 4. Matrix 4? Dude. Yo. Fucking unbelievable.
1: So, because of it, uh, so the, the trailer came out last night for us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, or and yesterday. the teaser for the trailer in website form, yeah. which that website, the what is the Matrix, yeah. that's been active since the Matrix came out. What? It's just, it's one of those like that and the original Space Jam website, which missed opportunity Space Jam, uh, they, yeah, they've just existed and Whoa. they're just websites that exist. Amazing. Just I love it. Just fucking the refuse thing. of the internet. Yeah. Dude,
1: the, when I, when I saw the teaser the day before or whenever and you picked a pill and it knew what time it was. That was a moment that I was like, I'm too old, because I don't know how the fuck anybody did Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, well, what happened <laughs> I mean, to me, it popped amazing. up, it said 1223, and I was like, I thought that this came out on 1222, whoa, <laughs> it's 12:20. ah, yeah, awesome, I mean, yeah. so, so cool. It was a lot of fun. Like, it amazing. looks sharp, yeah. like, the way that it looks seems, it highlights how just gray and shitty so many just sci-fi blockbusters look now yeah yeah everything is just you could just spoon the sludge down this looks crisp and gnarly and oh
1: yeah it it looks so real life Mm -hmm. that that it seems like they just want to pour it right in your face like this is what's actually happening here you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and uh so because of it and because the trailer came out yesterday and we were all talking about it i threw on um reloaded last night and watched it and like and i and i want to make a very clear point i am not shitting on the computer graphics because it was 2002 i think that, that i came think out. yeah
0: oh two or three
1: and computer dra- graphics had just started yeah you know what i mean so like I they looked
0: it. pretty great at the time
1: at the time they looked incredible but now you look at it and it's like, oh, Neo looks like a cartoon jumping yeah, through yeah. the air, and like they clearly, the Wachowskis clearly went above and beyond to try to make that into something. They were trying to push the boundaries of what was possible, the same way they did with Bullet Time. But now they were using computers even more than just camera tricks, mm. and it, and it looks a little like they look like rubber guys flying in yeah, yeah, the yeah. air, and they all kind of, and so I get it, and I'm, you know, I understand that that's just what it was at the time. That being said, I am so ready for yeah. the technology of today to meet the matrix and be like, "Oh, <laughs> That's no. a good way to put it. For them to meet. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's going to be insane. Yeah. Because for however many movies that come out that just look kind of like gravy, there's there's always one like like a Prometheus stands out. Yeah. That's a movie that looks fantastic. Whatever you think about the movie, it's good. Yeah, but um it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. It oh, like, looks 20, incredible. 49. Yeah, 2049 looks unbelievable. One of the most gorgeous movies ever made. For the Matrix to have that is going to be... Because we forget the first Matrix when that came out 99? I think you're right. 99, I think. That sounds right. I remember when that came out, it wasn't like... There was no bombast around it. There was no... It was just like, oh yeah, that looks neat. It it did not get a... I think it came out in January. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I want to look that up. I that's think it came out in like January, but I remember it was one of those where everyone kind of, you know what it had a similar arc to was Get Out. When
1: the uh-huh. first couple
0: trailers came out, everyone's like, what is that? Huh, whatever. And oh, kind of yeah. dismissed it, and then it changed the game. Mm-hmm. And like this had that same kind of thing where it was like, oh yeah, that's the guy from Speed. Oh, he's doing karate. And we can't be told what the Matrix is. Cool. Like I saw that with no expectations. And then it changed the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember it just being so monumental because it was, it was just cool. You know what I mean? It was the first time I remember sci-fi going from because, like, I saw The Matrix before March thirty
0: first, nineteen ninety nine. Wow, there you yeah. go. Yeah,
1: so what a shitty time for a movie. Shitty time.
0: That was before we bumped blockbuster season back.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and so like, it, it, as far as the style of it, like I hadn't seen the original Blade Runner yet at that point, I don't think. I was fourteen. Um, but being a a fourteen year old and kind of seeing it and in our group chat, I think it's been it's been really wonderful to kind of revisit it because you get that vibe of like when I was fourteen I was like, This is amazing yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like cool people with cool sunglasses and cell phones that you can't buy anywhere that yeah, don't yeah. really exist in trench coats and they're flipping around and they're shooting machine guns at each other and stopping bullets and it's, it's astounding like it's just like, this is like I remember being machines. like it looks like anime Yeah, but it's real people exactly yeah, yeah it was bananas <laughs> and then like now being in my mid-30s and watching it and being like oh they were really making a very serious point it's like aha uh-huh. yeah got it cool got it. like
0: we weren't ready for it yet i i was not
1: but like but like i think that there is something to be said for that because being introduced to a topic that is as sensitive and as important as uh as being trans and mm. what that means and what that struggle is like Introducing that to a fourteen-year-old with an action movie.
0: Yeah, through computer karate. Yeah, and yeah. then
1: like kind of like growing with it. So the, and the new trailer, I can't say enough about it. I mean, like it's, it's amazing. It's, it's it's it looks like the per- the minute that they're just pouring blue pills into a sink, I'm like, oh yeah. fuck. oh yeah, yeah.
0: Not since uh, what was it, a uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, yeah. have I watched a trailer on the basis of how good of a trailer it is so many times. Yeah, I think I've watched this like six, seven times by now. Yeah. And it's just yeah, I am excited. I like. Uh, I'm not gonna get his name right. Yabdul Abdul Mateen. Yeah. Uh, I should say that right. He was in Candyman. Yes. He was in Did the Watchmen the series. Man Dude, the new Candyman is fucking metal. Oh yeah. Totally metal. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited yeah. it's to see it. Awesome. It's like a, it's like a response to the original. Like in a way, oh. like rather than it is, it is a sequel. It is like in the same world, but like stylistically and like just the way that it's thought out is less of a, we're casting off the old Candyman and this is the new Candyman. And it's more like, no, we're existing in conversation with Candyman. Because, like, it introduced themes that we can now explore through a black filmmaker's lens. Fucking cool. And it is so violent. And, like, the way that they shoot the violence is... Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, there's there's a kill that happens from far away outside of an apartment building, beautifully shot apartment building, and just the one lit window where it's happening, Kong and we watch rock. it from a distance, and it's like, hmm.
1: That's, that's fine. Mia
0: DaCosta, knocked it out of the park.
1: Beautifully yeah, done. Yeah, that's, that's about as noir as noir can get in a horror.
0: It's so good.
1: I'm such a sucker for when people know how to frame things and use light. It's
0: like... Yaya Abdul-Mateen II that's who he is yeah and he's gonna be I guess Morpheus yeah I guess
1: Morpheus he's Morpheus
0: yeah something like that
1: I guess
0: alright next news thing that I have is just shout out to the passing we lost a great one this week we lost the great the incredible Michael K. Williams Mm. passed away uh, I don't know if it's determined 100% but some sort of overdose
1: Uh, as far as I know it was heroin but (sighs) but, fentanyl yeah yeah Ah, uh, bummer. And he was the best. God, what a good actor, and what a uh, clearly tortured soul. Mm-hmm. And, uh...
0: But, like, by all accounts, seemed like a really nice guy. Like, he seemed like a really...
1: Well, that's the d- thing.
0: Oh, yeah, you can You'd never be tell. you surprised, yep. you know?
1: You'd be surprised. And, like, and and it's very much... It's very American for us to, to be so stigmatized by drug use and not to... Re- like, because, you know, especially living in a city, you see these people who are, you know a week away from death on a street corner asking for any change you can spare. Uh, And, like, you know, we've all known addicts in our lives, I'm sure. But in other parts of the world, there's places where, like, yeah, you're a heroin addict, you're also a regular business person, and, like, you can come here and you can do your drugs and we're going to give you a safe needle and clean drugs and you can do it and it's going to be fine and then you can go on your way. Like, how we go to the bar, you know what I mean? And, like, it's a safe place. And so, I do want to get away from because I'm guilty of it also. I like to get away from the the notion that like, oh, I had no idea he seemed like such a, a cool person. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know what I mean. It's like he well, was. when I say it, I don't I don't mean it in contrast to whatever drug use he had or whatever you know, yeah. whatever tension he had in his life. I just mean it in terms of. It's a shame because everyone who seems to have ever worked with him said like he was absolutely great, mm-hmm. like a thoughtful, deep, you know, just a, just worldly good guy. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. we he's lost got the his good ones. ones. I didn't he need to good. point a
1: finger at you. Oh no, that no, was no. no. Okay.
0: But no, to clarify, I mean, fuck though. Fuck you, otherwise. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did you Did you watch The Wire? Yeah, dude. I, well, I want to oh, be
1: fair. I saw some of it. I haven't oh, watched oh. all of it. Um, I don't really do TV shows because it's hard for me to, to want to keep going mm. um, regardless of how good it is but now that you know I feel like now that he's passed I feel like I genuinely owe it to sit down and watch
0: the cool thing with the wire is that you don't have to binge mm-hmm. I think I watched the entire series because like one of my buddies was pushing it on me he's like you gotta do it I watched the entire series over the course of like I don't know six months oh. like it took a while because it's every episodes kind of a slow burn and every episode you go this is a good show. But, like, it never, like, grabbed me the way, like, Breaking Bad did. Yeah. And then right when the last episode ends, I was like, that's the best show I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. It ain't even close. Whoa. Like, it's it's just so good. It's only
1: three seasons, right? Five.
0: Five. Five, okay. Five seasons. And, and
1: it's just they're all different?
0: All different. Like, it's, Baltimore is the story. Right. But it's around the cops and robbers of Baltimore. So gotcha. it's, like, season one is just an investigation. Mm-hmm. Season two, it's an investigation that brings in, like, the docks. Right, right, season right. three brings in. I think that's when like the schools come in, but like it.
1: different characters, and
0: different like... characters cycle in and out. But there's like a core group that that stick around. I see. Got early Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. He's Stringer Bell. Wow, which it blew my mind when I found out he was British, dude, or Welsh or whatever he is. Yeah, yeah. Because he just talks like he's from Baltimore. Yeah. And so when I heard him, dude, Idris Elba shit, I was like, <laughs> I thought you were Stringer. Okay, got it. <laughs> But Omar is one of those characters. He's like immediately steps on screen. Iconic character. Yeah. But like what he is to the show and what he represents, man. That's Amazing. like that's like once in a lifetime. Yeah, we did
1: lose a really great actor. Really great uh, actor. I mean, him in uh did you get to see the recent HBO series Lovecraft Country?
0: No, I did not. Good
1: gravy. It's good? He is incredible. He I, I mean, I don't know if you plan on watching it.
0: I would like to. I, I held off because I heard in like a single throwaway line they spoiled um, the Count of Monte Cristo, um, and I always wanted to read that. But I did just recently finish reading the Count of Monte Cristo, oh, so now I'm good to go. So I would like to watch that Monte country. Uh,
1: well, then I will. I will be quiet about it. Okay. Because there's his character specifically. There are. It, it, it's very easy to look at his character as one dimensional and then they just kind of throw some shit at you when you and you suddenly realize like oh I'm an asshole this isn't a one dimensional person yeah, yeah, yeah. at all and and the the depth that he brings to that role is is truly extraordinary Nice. Yeah. So I, I do mean, want to check it out. Everybody seems in to very be very good. It's right. yeah. very good. What's the
0: show? main guy? Is it Jonathan Majors? That's right. Okay. He's is that his name? Uh, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. He showed up God, in a Loki, and yeah, so I feel like that's why it's. I don't think that's his name though. Jonathan Majors is an old timey comedian, isn't he? Oh, I think
1: I think you're hundred percent right. I'm, I'm. Lee
0: Majors No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was no, I'm, uh, I'm
1: pretty certain it's uh, Jonathan Majors.
0: It's he was in the last black man in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It is Jonathan Majors. Yeah, and I'm oh, there you go. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking of Jonathan Winters. Ah, uh, yes. ah, different, different. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, but he's in one scene in Loki, and it's such a strange, weird, wild performance. And I'm like, I gotta watch everything this dude's. Yeah, I gotta watch yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's he's good. It's he, so good.
1: He's good. I saw a really wonderful photo posted of. of the two of them together on the set of Lovecraft, and Jonathan Majors is just like eyes closed, head resting on the shoulder of Michael K. Brown, and and he's just sort of sitting back there, and it's just this, it, and it like, and it's the photo is taken from another room, and you can kind of see them through a doorway. Yeah, yeah. And so it it's like a real like moment. They know that that picture is being taken. It's very candid, and it's
0: yeah, it's really. Ah, I love that. It's very
1: sweet. It's a very sweet. That's, thing. that's
0: what I mean, probably mean to say most is that what I've heard is that he was a very sweet man. Yeah, yeah. There was a a meme that went around about Michael K. Williams where a kid said he said like I was like 15, mm-hmm. and it was my birthday, and I saw him at a at a restaurant that I was at. He's like and I was just staring him down or whatever, and he came over and said, "Yo, you want an, you want an autograph?" And I said, "Oh yeah, and I'd love to ask you some questions about like TV and stuff." And apparently Michael K. Williams is like, nobody ever wants to ask questions. Let's talk. I said and Brown, he like, I'm sorry. I was oh, thinking Brown. Oh, you were thinking of Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He's, he's another K. Yeah. They're middle, middle initial related. Yeah, yeah. And he sat down with this kid and talked to him for like 45 minutes. And then the stinger to the story is the kid went to leave the restaurant and found out that he had sent him a piece of birthday cake. With a note that was like, I'll see you on TV. Like, one of those kinds of things. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, apocryphal or if it just came out because he passed. But I love that story so much. I'll hold on to it forever. That's a beautiful story. It's so good. I love everything
1: about that. And, uh, it's funny because he's one of those, and it's, it's the last thing I'll say about him. He's one of those that, like, it's so funny because actors get it. I think good actors get it. I think shitty actors don't. And they'll know the difference as soon as they hear me say it. Um... When somebody say that someone is like a very giving actor, mm-hmm. I believe that that's like if you know your salt when it comes to, to acting and like to the craft. And somebody's like, yeah, that, that actor, like that's a giving actor. I think he's a very giving actor. And, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. And a very like he's there for you on and off screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that means something in, in the world of performance that uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of.
0: I'm into that. I know yeah. that was what they, a lot of people said about Nicholson working with him was he was a giving actor Very giving. and including like times where he didn't have to be on set so they were just interacting with a line reader mm-hmm. he would show up and be the line reader if, he was the, if oh, that was he the would, scene yeah, that he, he was in because he there. wanted to make sure that they felt comfortable and all of that mm-hmm. and as someone who can't act for shit but has accidentally acted well because I was surrounded by other better actors I gotta appreciate that. Yeah man. It's, I uh, can't act at all.
1: It, I'm, well, you'd be surprised. Everybody can. Uh, it's just, it's a muscle that needs to be flexed. Mm-hmm. But um, with him specifically, it's, you know, and, and him and Nicholson, same deal. Like, you you hit the nail on the head. Just being there for the other person who is trying to put in their performance with a camera that's three feet away from them and lights. Yeah, yeah. And somebody slamming makeup on their face. Like, just to have that other person there with you and connecting with you and, mm-hmm. like, really doing that thing that's and especially after they just got done doing the shit with the lights and the camera in their face or they have to do it next.
0: Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, when it's like, I'm going to sit in this chair for the next fucking 10 hours.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say these three lines just for a hundred you know, times for, yeah. us,
1: for us. And it makes the other actors want to do that too. Oh yeah. And it, and it just, it sort of builds a whole uh, vibe on set. I think it's really important.
0: I think that vibe is key. Yeah. There was a, I've probably mentioned this on the show a hundred times, but I'll do it again. There's a video from the set of *Inglorious Bastards where Tarantino calls cut. And he's like, all right, we're going to do that one more time. And you can kind of hear like this, like, like, uh, he's like, and why are we going to do it one more time? And everybody together is like, Cause we all love making movies. He's like, "That's right." Yeah. and we're gonna. And, but at the same time, it's like, "Yeah, that's really what it should be." Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's right what the it fuck is. You're here because you love making movies. Yep. Let's make it a good one. Oh yeah. The only other news story that I have is that on my website scullyvision.com, I got a comment from somebody on my Jungle Cruise review that I ultimately did not approve because I lampooned Jungle Cruise because Disney half introduced a gay character where he was like. He didn't say it so they can like have the credit for doing it without actually doing it. Mm. And they can milk their first, you know, leading or whatever gay character many, many times. But I got a comment from some random person that I did not approve on the site that just said, could have done without the gay angle. It is sinful. And so since I didn't post it on the site, I just want to throw this out in the world. Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) You an asshole. So just getting that out there. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Alright, shall we get into... I can't wait. So this actually comes... uh, This this recommendation that you brought comes off of the uh, passing of another actor. Yes. And this was an actor that I was not really familiar with. And so that was Jean-Paul Belmondo. Yes. And he is the star of the movie that you brought. Would you like to announce it?
1: It is Breathless.
0: Breathless. By
1: Jean-Luc Godard.
0: Jean-Luc Godard. I don't believe I've ever seen any Jean-Luc Godard movies off wow. the top of my head. As someone who loves film, that is a, a gaping hole in my education.
1: Yeah. See, I I really um, nerded out. And this is another, like, it's nice to be growing up, Yeah. you know, and to look back and recognize how much of an idiot asshole I was for big periods of my life. And when I was 20 and moved to New York... Because like the movies I grew up with that made me want to make movies were very much the Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Jaws, uh, you know, Goodfellas, you know, that, that kind of group of like De Palma, Scorsese, like mm-hmm. the, those guys that Lucas that all hung out together and kind of group. Those are the movies that like when they started making good ones was when I started when I was born and yeah, started watching movies, you know, so like I grew up with that shit. And, um, and then, you know, before I went to New York and went to, um, movie school it was like Is that what they call it that's what i call it I went it to was called
0: school. gary's movie school yeah, Gary's
1: Movie <laughs> it's like, you want to make a movie get in here you get in here sick. i
0: got some scissors i got this uh he like pops open a kodak reel <laughs> i think we can do something with this come on in what do you like spies it just aims a lamp you know? yeah yeah i got sunglasses and a lamp we'll make a spy movie Bye, to make, we'll make our own damn Matrix. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our own Matrix. We're going to make our own Matrix. We'll call it Matrix uh, re- Redid It. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> all right, right Gary. <laughs> fuck, fuck, Gary. Why I don't why? run a school. You do. So I Just mean, point me in the right direction. You seem legit. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, when you went to Gary's yeah, movie no, no. school. <laughs> so I went to
1: Gary's movie school. I fucking, um, it was, you know, I went there with my movie knowledge. And then all of a sudden you get like. All of the other movie world thrown at you very quickly, and the one that I kind of quickly latched onto as hard as I could was the French New Wave. Like I liked, you know, it's it's actually when I uh, got into like newer horror. I was always into eighties horror because of my big sisters, and I got into newer horror and stuff. Like you get into thrillers and all sorts of different shit. But French New Wave really fucking stuck with me, mm-hmm. and.
0: Who is who is in French New Wave? Would you say?
1: I would say that the two really, and I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. The two that I always, but I don't have enough on, listeners for
0: you to get in trouble. Perfect. But yes. I got your back. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Uh, Francois Truffaut.
0: Okay. And seen Jean Luc Godard. Yeah. And those
1: were the two that I kind of really latched onto. I know that there's 50 more, mm. um, but those are those are kind of in my head. The two kings of of French New Wave. Uh, and uh, Truffaut did four hundred blows, like I think like a year, maybe before Breathless came out by mm. Godard. And Truffaut actually wrote the story for Breathless.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, so
1: okay. him and um, another director I'm blanking on, uh, who they they kind of like hit their marks. Um, I think he did Hiroshin- Hiroshima, Hiroshima, Mon you can look up who made that. I'm pretty sure that's the movie he made. Uh, but him and Truffaut with 400 Blows kind of, like, hit the scene hard. And they were at, like, Cannes in 59.
0: Alain Resnais.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's um, a completely new name to me. Although I've heard of Hiroshima Monomore.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, oh,
0: Emmanuel Reeve Okay, yeah, Emmanuel Reeves is in it.
1: Uh, so they kind of did that and they wrote the basic story structure for Breathless Together based off of a, a story Trofot read in a newspaper about a guy who stole a car to visit his sick mother and shot a cop along the way. Um
0: is time. I know, right?
1: Yeah. Who who hasn't been there? Yeah. Ugh. Um My mom's feeling better, by the way. Oh good. Thanks. Uh so <laughs> um, so yeah, so they, so they write this story and they couldn't really get any, any ground with it. And they, uh, and, Tru- uh, I'm sorry, Godard ends up getting his hands on it. He's making some other movie for some producer and it's just shit and he doesn't like it. And he's like, you should just let me make Breathless. And the guy's like, all right, fine. And so he makes Breathless and Truffaut being on as uh story by, um, sort of helped them get whatever little funding they could because he was just kind of hitting his stride mm-hmm. after 400 blows. So all that to say, um, when I went to film school, obviously being from Jersey, I love Kevin Smith movies.
0: Yep. I love him. He was one for me as well. Yeah.
1: And Clerks specifically st- stands out for the same reason that Slackers stood out for him. Because he was like, I remember Kevin Smith being like, I went and saw these movies, and it's like, I could fucking make that. Like, that's easy. And so he went at night to a convenience store, and the rest is history. So seeing that, and then seeing Breathless, and being like, oh, these motherfuckers did that 30 years before him in France, and, and just ran around with a camera, and whatever little money they had, and made this, like, pretty much wrote it as they went and made the movie up as they went along. Uh, they, Godard, made it up as, as he went along, just kind of knocking the whole thing out and, and just being the dude with a 16mm and, like, we're going to walk down this street now and this is the dialogue you say today.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: like, that's what they did. Like, that that really hit me in a big way because it... It made me realize that movies aren't about... Even though, like, you know, I I love big, giant blockbusters. Mm -hmm. I always will. Uh, But, man, if you can tell a story better than anybody else, you can do it with a fucking iPhone, and people are going to like it. And that's what really resonated. And so, you know, when it came to Breathless and goddard and him trying to him being a young guy and trying to like you know say what he wanted to say about the world and and talk about love and talk about life and death and have a fucking 20 minute scene with these two people just existing in a bedroom mm. where one guy yeah, there were
0: a lot of long takes and honestly sure. it's interesting that you bring up kevin smith because watching it i was like oh this is what this is a Clerks. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure that Kevin Smith had seen this movie. You know, whether he was uh, like to think so. educated enough to, to have like a full film knowledge at that age. Still, it seemed like that kind of a thing where it's like, oh no, these people are just talking my ideas out yeah. on screen and I just have a random plot thrown in there to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: he went to a, a Canada movie school. That makes sense. Um, for like a year.
0: Jacques movie school. Yeah,
1: yeah. I went to Gary's. Kevin went to hey. Jacques's.
0: You do what you gotta do. It was fun. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I'm rambling too much. No, no, no. I'm so good, excited though. about it.
0: What you pointed out when we were watching the movie was that because this was a lot of it was shot guerrilla style. There's a scene where, uh, oh, now I'm not going to get any of their names. Um, where lead guy and lead girl are walking uh, down the street. Uh, uh, Gene Seberg. Gene Seberg. Yep. And then.
1: And uh, Belmondo.
0: Belmondo. Uh, yeah, the, I was trying to Jean think of the Paul character Belmando. names, but did they not have character names um, This one of those? They did.
1: He had a couple of character names. I told him... Yeah, up he was...
0: Laszlo Kovacs was like his his, was his fake name. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But, um, Michelle,
0: Michel, that was it.
1: And... Um, we literally Patricia. just watched
0: the and Patricia. and Patricia. Well, he doesn't really call her by her name. He doesn't have much respect for women.
1: He, he, yeah, he calls he calls her Patricia a few times, especially like when they're making faces at each other. I think mm. that's really lovely. And I did. Uh, you'll notice in Dead Giveaway, um, there's a scene just to bring the focus back to me. I'm yes, please. For a moment, <laughs> now, there's a scene when the two girls are sitting at the table. Very early on, and they yeah, have yeah. coffee, and it's just like a long take of them sitting across from one another.
0: Do uh, they do that facial
1: sequence? They don't, but she does say, like, maybe I'm a secret agent. She does that whole, oh yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. And, uh, and she's like, maybe like I go to France, and somebody's like Bonjour, Patricia, and like I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, that's my little, that's my little breathless moment where. Um, very nice. Yeah. Thanks. Very nice. So, uh, but yeah, like even in the shit that I do, just to kind of. I do so many long takes and I do so many like big, just people in a room talking for a yeah. long time. Cause I think that that's where really beautiful acting happens. And that's where I think we saw a lot here, but you were making the point about them, about, uh, Well, they're walking down the street and I
0: I might have noticed if you hadn't pointed it out, but I never would have thought that that was why. I would have been like, this is a weird choice. Ah, those French. But as they're walking (laughs) down the street, everybody is looking back like, what the fuck are they doing? And in my head, I would have probably given it too much credit and be like oh that's to show paranoia but no it's just because there were random people filming on the street in the 60s so every passerby had to rubberneck to see what was going on
1: yeah for sure that's and that's the only time because i am a nerd for this movie um and for a lot of a lot of the godard and Truffaut stuff so that was the one moment in the movie where i was like i tell you something yeah. like, like <laughs> i like because i wanted to be quiet i wanted you to enjoy yeah, it, and yeah. watch it and i don't like interrupting and shit but i did i was like can i just i just want to tell you this one thing
0: i was happy to oblige yeah and you, a... and you paused it and you're like what and i was like okay so <laughs> you were like, like do you want notes i'm like we can take notes if you want yeah, <laughs> yeah. like giving notes yeah
1: i but but it's so cool to see because like I just love to picture being one of the people walking down the street in 1960, never oh, having yeah. ever seen anyone make an independent movie before. Or, like, not even independent. Like, just a completely fucking guerrilla movie. And here's Godard hunched over a 16 millimeter camera, hoping it's aimed in the right direction, yeah. not knowing exactly how it looks, and, like, walking down the street with... Belmondo and Seaberg walking towards him and like people are like crossing in front of the camera and like looking directly down the barrel and like turning and looking at the actors and shit
0: and they're just doing their shit. And it, it, what's weird is you would think that if it wasn't a choice and this was just happening by accident that it would take the viewer out of the movie. But if you had said anything, if you hadn't said anything I wouldn't have, I mean I might have noticed eventually but like I said would have thought it was a choice yeah. as opposed to, so like I think it it kind of proves what you're saying is like, you don't really actually like a movie is a lie. You don't really actually have to make it perfect. It's just got to work. Yeah. And like that totally works there.
1: A hundred percent. And another thing that really works in the movie um, was the amount of jump cuts. that Yeah. They used. Like,
0: Oh, there's like midline jump cuts. Oh yeah. Uh, just not sloppy edits, but just, I guess the nature of the beast if you're working with sixty millimeter.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, but it's also very, it's also, uh, the, the jump cuts, I do like to think he was making a choice.
0: I mean, like, there's scenes that, like, where it goes between two scenes, we'll say, and it'll jump cut, mm-hmm. and then before the scene gets going, you'll see, like, two or three frames missing. Yeah. That's what I'm referring to, and I don't know if that's a choice, or whether that's just, like, oh, someone dropped a cigarette on this thing. Exactly. That, yeah, I yeah. think,
1: is that I think is just uh, amateur, early amateur filmmaking.
0: Yeah. Literally um, cutting and pasting with scissors and tape. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: but then like there are other choices when it's like somebody sitting in a room. Like I love when um, the first girl that he goes into her apartment and um, he goes to steal her money and waits until she's like getting changed and putting the dress over her head. Mm. And he's like, oh, he's like, do you have 5000
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I can
1: borrow? And she's like, no, I have 500 And he's like, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as he's soon such as she, a fuck he's such a fuck and then the minute he, she puts the dress over her head he goes in her bag and pulls the wad of cash out and shuts mm-hmm. it in but like he's sitting at the table at one point and their conversation is going on they are talking but the cut jumps so it's like because at one point he's looking in the mirror at himself and like we're still looking at him, and it's just a jump cut to him looking over at her. And we're
0: still hearing the the audio of the but original the, stream. Exactly, yeah. the
1: dialogue is just continuing as it was. Like those those things, I do like to look at because that's the first. I mean, like all things considered, this is 1960, so like talking movies have been around for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a few more. I'd say like probably about 30 what was it modern times was 1939
0: so this was 60 so that's 21 years yeah so yeah
1: so we're talking like maybe tw- you know there's not a I am whole lot of time like
0: intimidated by sound editing now yeah and i could do something 10 times as technically impressive with no skill at all on this computer that we're recording on than anything that was in breathless but i'm more impressed by that because sound editing is terrifying
1: it's terrifying yeah but it's it is
0: also They're dealing funny. with fucking tangible pieces of ooh, actual of media. Tape. Yeah. Yeah, actual Actual tape. tape.
1: Fuck that.
0: Yeah. No, no fucking way.
1: way. No fucking way. I'm
0: intimidated to edit this podcast later and it's drag and drop with a mouse. Yeah. It'll take me ten minutes and I will I will be shitting myself the entire time that I'm gonna fuck it up. If I had to do it with scissors and fucking tape, yeah, no. get the hell out of no here. Fucking way. No fucking absolutely not. Yeah.
1: But it's it's just amazing because you see these choices that he made that if anybody made them today, like let's say that the French New Wave never happened, and nobody ever did that thing. Somebody does that today, and people are like, oh, like these jump cuts are shit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's such a mark for perfection nowadays
0: mm-hmm.
1: that the the art of storytelling as it was then. Gets overlooked, and there are a lot of cool new movies that do kind of stand out, that do push the boundaries, and do try to do new stuff. But man, they're few and far between. Mm-hmm. And some of these really interesting choices that were made back then, if you did the exact same thing today, would be considered a mistake. Yeah. I just I'm fascinated. And it's endearing
0: by it. for well, it's always and we've talked about this on the show before as well, but like we did plays. And we pointed a camera at plays like very early movies are just filmed plays. Yep. And so then came the idea of like, okay, we can incorporate other tools because we have post-production <laughs> and then it was Oh, we can, we can change the way these cameras move and do that. You know, so all of that develops. So yeah, these cuts are new. Yeah. Um, some of them may be by mistake, but yeah, the idea of layering sound like that would not necessarily be intuitive. Whereas now if I was sitting down an editor, they'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll just run the audio over to the next scene. It'll be nice and smooth. Don't worry about it. And, like, now it's an afterthought. That was, yeah, I'm sure that was a very uh, intentional idea to do that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's just fun. There's so much of that throughout this. And it's so much...
0: I love when he's... I forget. I think he's just, like, listing compliments to her. And it's an over-the-shoulder shot of Patricia in the car. And it's almost like a montage because it keeps cutting and cutting and cutting. And the background's different. They're in different places. But it is one long stream of him saying, like, well, you're beautiful, you're this, but fuck you, you're ugly, or whatever it is that he's yeah, saying. Yeah. Whatever he's constantly ranting at or about. But it's this beautiful shot that has all of those cuts in it for no reason except to, I guess, show time is passing, even though the audio is still just the original stream of compliments. Exactly. And so like that's a purposeful example and it's awesome. Yeah. Very yeah. high energy, but the camera doesn't move an inch. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's I mean, that's what's so fun about it is it also kind of shows me I think where Spielberg got his wonners from. Okay. You know, he's very. Uh, and like, whenever I think about the Spielberg wonner, I always go back to the uh, Jaws scene where they're talking to the mayor to shut down the beaches and people are trying to paint over
0: the yeah, billboard yeah.
1: with the shark in it. That's like minutes long and that and they move from one space to another and it's a two shot and it's an over the shoulder and then it's a wide and just it's them moving around the camera doesn't cut and it's like the spielberg wonder in my head mm. and you see like there's no way to me that they didn't get that that he didn't get that from Godard doing uh doing some of the stuff he did in breathless or to be fair, Truffaut and 400 blows
0: where I've seen 400 blows. That's a cool movie. Oh, it's
1: great. Yeah. And they just kind of have the camera and the actors are acting and one actor will move to this corner and the camera follows them over there. And then as they cross back, the camera goes and stops on the other person Mm -hmm. and then stays with them for a while and moves around. So it's like, we get all these different vantage points and we get all these different things. And so it's, it's interesting because, like you said, there will be scenes where the audio will continue, but the cut will stay the It will just jump cut to show the passage of time, and it's super high energy. But similarly, you can have a very long take with no cuts in it at all, yeah. And yet the energy still remains very. When she's high. selling
0: the papers and he's just like hitting on her, yeah. It didn't occur to me till halfway through. I was like, oh, there's no cut here. Yeah. They're just in traffic doing this thing. And, it, and I think that's a, um, so many times like a long cut will announce itself because it's like a great long take is in Killville volume one. Yeah. And the crazy 88 when yeah. she's getting ready and it follows, uh, what's her name? The bride through the, you know, through the entire restaurant. Yeah. But that's a showy one where it's like, it's letting you know, like, get ready. Here's the long take. Yeah. Watch what cool technical shit I can do. And like wildly yeah. impressive. It's the Goodfellas one. Love it. wonder. It's the Goodfellas wonder Well, yeah. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, hands down, my favorite filmmaker. And yes. I see a lot of what he does in what we just watched. But he does that same thing that you were talking about before with uh, a scene will have, you know, 10 characters in it. And we just check in with each one of them in real time moving around. Ugh, it's fucking, that's like a feast. I love that yeah. shit. Yeah. And it's
1: brilliant. And it's hard to fucking do. Yeah. You know, because. Oh, what I meant to say is oh. these
0: long takes don't announce themselves, though. Yeah. It's not until much later where you go, damn, they haven't cut yet. As opposed to one where it's like, all right, strap in. We're getting a long yeah. take going. And what I my favorite
1: that. thing is, is that you being a, an avid film watcher and I being, a, you know, like people like us that just, that like kind of center our lives around movies mm-hmm. in one is that way or the what we other. do? I think so. Oh, fuck. I know. It's, oh, very it's crazy. <laughs> it's very depressing. It's very depressing. <laughs> it's very depressing. Uh, but, like, you know, we, we look at that and we recognize it. We can sit yeah. and watch and be like, oh, this is a fucking incredible one-take one, one take shot. Um, but the best thing about that to me is people who aren't, like, studied film watchers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? People that just watch movies because they like fucking watching movies, they don't realize the camera didn't cut. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'll... I'll be very forward about it. I think one of the ones that does it the best, albeit ridiculous, is One Cut of the Dead.
0: Oh, that movie rules. That movie
1: fucking rules. And the first half hour of it is an unbroken, ridiculous, but uncut shot. Mm -hmm. And they had to fucking do that. And that is not only really hard, but also when you watch it with someone who isn't they don't you don't fucking notice they don't notice that the camera it's so natural yeah and it's always fun i just watched it recently uh and it was fun because uh i was sitting there and the people i was watching it with 10 minutes in i was like you know the camera hasn't cut right and they were like oh (laughs) and then they notice and then they're watching it and it's like haha
0: but that's when you realize, like, oh, the reason I have not been able to look away is I haven't give, been given permission to yet because fantastic. this cut has drawn me in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. It's
1: fantastic. And so that, you know, I think you you kind of spelled out perfectly in that it doesn't announce itself. It just exists.
0: And it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. There's, um, have you ever read the book American Psycho? No. There's a chase sequence in American Psycho that it probably runs about five to eight pages. And when you reach the end of it, you go, God damn, that was an exhausting chase sequence. And then you look back and go, oh, this was one sentence. Now, granted, it breaks every rule of syntax. Yeah. But it reads as this urgent just in this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And so it has that functional effect of you're in this chase. You're physically responding to this, but you're just reading a fucking book. Yeah. And so I'm always impressed when something can sneak something like that by me. And you know, like I said, it's not announced. It's not like here's the chase scene go. You yeah. just it ends and you go, man, he must be exhausted. I'm exhausted. And then you realize that it was just a a quick little lie told by the text was, oh, we didn't let you take a break on the set. Yeah, we just didn't put a period. That's movie magic to me. That's so cool. The perfect mix of pre and post production. Yeah. Because like, yeah, you got to have your rehearsals. You got to actually be able to do it in camera. And then you can fuck with the sound or whatever afterwards. Like it's, there's... A really masterful command of that in Breathless. That's weird, considering this is such an early film for that filmmaker.
1: I mean, it is his first. It's film. his first. Okay, it's his first um. film. Um, and he did, you know, he did another hundred movies since yeah, yeah. then. Um, that some of which I have, I have a lot of favorite. Like, I think, um, Masculine Feminine is just extraordinary. Uh, he's, I mean, he's done so much.
0: I'd um, certainly like to see more, because yeah. I've seen stuff out of the French New Wave. I love like. I don't, I like Euro spy movies. Like, did you ever see The Conformist? Yeah, dude. So good. Yeah. Fuck Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah, I can I can with that a little bit. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's just so it's just so exciting. Uh,
1: it's a ton of wonderful, a ton of wonderful just ideas that exist. You know, like one of the things, um, one of my favorite moments is uh, when they're in her apartment. And he just, he let himself in.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, But I do love that she comes in on him snuggling a teddy bear. Yeah. And a teddy bear that he immediately divorces himself from, doesn't acknowledge. Yeah. He's away from the teddy bear, but yeah, yeah he he's snugs him.
1: And one of the things they do, because like you can tell that it was just, it's all natural lighting, and they're not really working for anything um, exceptional. They sort of just, at one point, she he's lying in bed and and looks one way and then she opens the door and kind of silhouettes herself in the door facing Mm -hmm. outside with that bright sun coming in and there isn't some dramatic lighting change that they did with lights and shit that's just how the room looks now.
0: yeah yeah yeah. and i think that's a feat of blocking it is like it's just finding the shot that exists already instead of like composing one yeah
1: exactly and it just And it works, you know, and, like, even though it's a little bleached and and washed out where she is, it just, I mean, there's so much to like about the movie and about the characters.
0: You know what I like? In my head, when I think, like, French movie, just the stereotype is like, ooh, it's going to be almost pornography. But the way that sex is shot in this is not pornographic at all. Um, It's in that same scene, Mm -hmm. I believe it's in that same scene, where she gets into bed with him and they kind of like are fiddling under the covers. We pan over to the right, if I remember correctly, it is a pan to the radio. And the radio gives, you know, whatever the, whatever tune it was. We're going to
1: play
0: some, And then her hand reaches out to fuck with the volume or the tuning or whatever. And then we follow her hand back to the bed where once again, there's a bunch of cuts of just them kind of tussling under the covers. Beautifully done. Yeah. And I would say it's romantic. I would say that it's erotic, but I would it's not at all pornographic. There's not an ounce of flesh close. in it. Not even They're close. completely covered in the sheets. Yeah. That's remarkable.
1: It's yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's it, it and it says so much about the story and about the characters themselves and like the world that's been built that that can be as intimate of a moment as mm. it is, you know. I think I read uh at some point, that um, he said it was a movie about a man who thinks about death all the time and a woman who never
0: does. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And I thought that was kind of cool. I'm probably getting that some sort of wrong.
0: Well, let's explore that a little bit. Because it is true. Like, he is somebody who has to think about death because he deals in death. He is... On the lamb, I mean, even towards the end when he's just, he does the you know, "I'm tired of running" like that kind of yeah. thing, like he has yeah. that moment. Yeah, that's something that taxes on you. Yeah. But you can do it the samurai way, where you meditate on your death, or it's this thing that's you know it's the man in black following you. Yeah. And then her, I I don't know if I go so far as to say she never does, but like she's certainly an innocent compared to him.
1: Yeah, I think well, I think that she doesn't think about it in the way that a lot of girls in there. Early 20s, I'm guessing she was, uh, don't think about it, Mm. you know? Or, like, I mean, the the way that I, and I'm sure you didn't in our mid-20s. And it's just something to be said for, for that invincibility of youth when you're doing... You're having fun, and you're going out, and you're, you know, you're doing what you do. But it's nothing truly i guess it's nothing truly life or death at least not in your opinion at the moment um you know looking back i suppose there's experiences that have been that i didn't recognize at the time but for him he killed a guy he murdered a cop yeah point blank he shot someone and now he's on the run and so that is that thing that's chasing him and there is something he's got to get out of here he's got to go to rome he's got to steal these cars and he's Uh, He's got to do whatever he can. But what's so interesting about that to me with his character is she's the one that is like, no, I have to stay here. I have things to do. I have to go write this article. You know, she's thinking about her future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thinking about what I have to do in the next five minutes.
0: Yeah, he's right now, now, now. I mean, he's pure consumption. Yeah. He's just completely consuming everything. I, I was reminded of and this is going to sound crazy but I'm reminded of John F. Kennedy in that one of the things that I understand about Kennedy is that given his war experience he lived his life with a very devil may care attitude and one of the reasons why he was such a materialist such a gonna fuck every piece of tail that comes at me was I could be dead tomorrow and the reason why would I want to deny myself any of the fruits of this moment right now If my heart could stop in two moments, you know, and like, that's something that always stuck with me. And when you look back at like the Kennedy legacy, you know, there's a lot of, you know, privilege and money and all that in there, but it's just something that stuck with me that like, you look at Jackie O, she's, you know, she comes across as the meek, innocent who is the, I got to stay here and think about the future. I want to rebuild the white house. I want to redecorate and do all this kind of stuff. And like, he has that same sort of attitude of just like, I could catch a bullet tonight yeah let's fuck and he did you know yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's so, but that's I, that's what it reminds me of and yeah. I, that's how i'm relating to it in that sense but yeah sure. that's that's a really that's interesting i didn't think about that much watching the movie well, but it is sort of what this is about
1: i mean i think that and and we're we're doing spoilers
0: yeah yeah we can do it's any been spoilers. out for 60 yeah, years it's been out you for been... 61 years now yeah. yeah
1: it's spoiler it's in spoiler territory. i think that's 100 percent why she finally turns him in yeah You know, she does this whole big giant spiel about, like, I called the cops because I don't want to be in love with you and so on and so forth. And, like, and I think that that part's true. Mm. I think she doesn't want to be in love with him because she does want to go be a writer. She does want to meet and have dinner with these guys that are going to get her things that she can write instead of just selling newspapers walking around in the middle of the street. She moved to, she doesn't, like, the first thing when she's selling the newspapers in that early scene, she's like, oh, I have to go do this thing or else my parents will stop sending money. Like, she wants to be the person that lives on her own and is. Well, she and, says
0: it too. She was like, "I need to have my own money. I don't need to be at the whim of a man."
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. She wants to do her own shit, and uh, and I think that that's you know that's something and someone that is very forward thinking. Like I have to do these things because this is where I want to be in X amount of years. Mm. And he's like, "Do you want to steal the?" The Ford or the Cadillac?
0: Yeah, you
1: know what I mean. Like he's like, which one are we taking right now? Come to Rome with me. Let me sleep with you tonight. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. sleep with you tonight. I gotta call this guy. Let me use your phone. I gotta call this guy fucking nine times today yeah. because I need my money. Let me sleep with you tonight. Let's steal this car. He's just Let's wh- go to Rome. Like we gotta do this right fucking now. And at no point though, what's so interesting about that? At no point does he ever seem anxious.
0: Yeah, that's true. He never is like, I gotta get out of town now. Yeah. Like, there's none of that on it. I felt that more than he did, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's, like you were saying, that devil may care attitude of just, you know, like, what's going to be will be. This is what I want to happen. And I'm going to do it in the next 20 minutes. So, like, you're on board or you're not. Mm -hmm. think but what's so cool about that is that he does fall in love with her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: he can't just leave. He her.
0: respects her, her independent streak. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's always the way. It's awful.
0: It's always the it's way. <laughs>
1: it's, a, it's a killer. But, like, yeah, he he doesn't he falls in love and he doesn't want to leave her. Because at any moment, he could very easily steal a car, take it to Rome, call it a day.
0: Yeah. He could have gotten his money
1: from the guy, gotten fucking rid of her, and gotten in a car and been gone, and it, and found some Italian girl, but he doesn't, and he can't.
0: Can't do it. He catches one in the spine. Yeah, motherfucker.
1: Takes him, takes him down. So
0: what That's do you cool. know about Belmondo? Because he just passed. Very little. Very. I, I don't know much about him, but on Twitter, when he died, everybody kept posting gifs from movies where he did his own stunts. Oh wow. And really? there are some insane stunts. Him running across the top of a train. There's this one where he gets, like, he rolls down a hill, but it's, like, a crazy violent fall. And so when he first showed up on screen in this, I was like, this is the guy that everybody thinks is so fucking cool? Jesus. Then, of course, he's absolutely fucking cut from marble shredded when his shirt comes off. So it's like, okay, so I can see why he's, like, obviously athletic doing his stunts and stuff but what well, like, I mean in this do we, movie was he I like think, a sex symbol or something I don't know because I, I, I get the sense he's supposed to come across as real cool in this I mean but he's maybe, of an era where I see him and I go ha he's kind of a nerd
1: yeah like I know I've seen him in uh Karol um in The Professional from 81
0: oh uh, wait um, the one that Leon was based on yeah I think I might have seen that then yeah okay so I am familiar with this guy yeah so you've seen
1: him yeah okay um Breathless was definitely like kind of his first big, big thing. And like, and that's the thing in Breathless too. In Breathless, he was 26, Wow. you know, so like, he was a baby. And so like, he's shredded like that because he was smoking only cigarettes all the time. Giant
0: fat cigarettes that are like the size of a marker. He's also
1: only five foot nine and being that shredded, he had to weigh 120 pounds. Yeah. Like if that, like he's an itty bitty person. Uh, not according I love to the other like, people in the movie yeah he's yeah, a tall right? guy yeah he, this really tall guy was just in here and they're like what five foot nine
0: yeah I'm five eleven and I'm not a tall guy yeah
1: I'm like six three and I would just step on French people yeah. accidentally apparently
0: <laughs> you couldn't ride on top of trains that you get clipped
1: yeah, right I'd be like I'm sorry everybody
0: and so he he died I mean I guess of just being fucking old would be He was 88, yeah. 88, okay. So yeah, yeah. He was, he's he's an old man. Also heroin. Yeah, uh, could have been that.
1: Nah, um, he was in
0: Casino Royale. Who did he play in Casino Royale? Uh, I don't know. I mean, not that I would ever remember. I just remember Daniel Craig and Jeffrey Wright and Mads Mickelson and that's it.
1: Wrong one. The original Casino oh, Royale.
0: Oh, the one with Woody Allen and Peter Sellers? Yeah. Actually, I, I was going to say, and I know that, uh, that, that he's... Uh, uh, he who shall not be named, but I am a pretty big fan of of Woody Allen movies, Oof. and there's a lot of of influence of this movie and a lot of those. I would say. Yeah. yeah he seems yeah. to have been a fan of the French New Wave.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's ranked one of the sexiest male movie characters? I don't know. Huh?
0: Um, so he's a regular George Clooney.
1: Yeah, apparently. Um, let's see this filmography. So, 90, he's got 91 credits to his name. 14 movies that he did stunts on, I guess. Okay, yeah, well, there you so go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ace of Aces, The Professional. He was a stunt driver, stunt performer, and Animal, and Le Guiginolo, Le Magnifique, Swashbuckler. Ooh, yar! But yeah, I know very little about him, um, but when I saw he died, I was sad, specifically because of, of Breathless. Yeah, this is a good
0: movie. I'm glad I got to see it.
1: I'm glad you got to see it, too.
0: Are you aware of the remake? Uh,
1: I am. I I don't think I've seen it all the way through because I think I was mad at it, at its existence. Fair enough. I've heard that it's good. I hear it's I've good, I've heard that though. it's good. It's so Richard
0: like, Gere, I believe, plays his character. Right. And I think that it's, like, bounced to Vegas or something like that.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of my problem. I just have to get over my own bullshit yeah. and like watch it sometime. Cause you you're know, so right. If
0: you're going to do it, I think that's probably the way to do it. If you're going to do an American version, isn't to remake the movie. It's to take that idea and reex, like the way that Herzog did the second bad Lieutenant movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a sequel to the first in any functional canonical sense, right. but in terms of like, we got a fucking coked out actor doing crazy shit as a cop. Yeah. It's the sequel. Like, I think that's what you do with breathless is take the idea of, yeah, you know, Drifter Killer passing through Romance as a Lady, and it's it's a lot. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so I do have to watch it because that, that was like early or mid 80s. I it feel was. Like that was like 82 or 83, maybe. I could be way off. I really. Uh,
0: 83. Oh, shit. So, me. yeah, Richard Gere plays Jesse, which I'm assuming is Michelle. Yeah. And Valerie Kaprisky is Monica, which I'm assuming is Patricia. And I don't know her, but she's got a whole bunch of French credits, so
1: So they picked a French girl to be in the girl. American movie and the American guy. Interesting. And a Fr-
0: Wow. But the guy who directed it did the big easy. Um bunch of Meatloaf videos. Party.
1: Gotta love some meatloaf.
0: Oh man, really not a lot here. Some Wonder Years. I mean there's a lot, but nothing that I recognize. So yeah, Twilight yeah. Zone. Uh Hard day for Archie, whatever that is. I clicked it because I thought it was a hard day's night, even though I know that he didn't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great balls of fire. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> ah, interesting.
1: Well, shit, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, but hey,
0: that that doesn't mean anything.
1: If it's good, it's good. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. Uh, one one day, I will sit down and check
0: it. It out. was adapted by uh, Kit Carson, who wrote Paris, Texas, oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Hitchhiker. He produced Bottle Rocket. Whoa. So that's a decent okay. name on the script. Yeah. Um and yeah. along with Jim McBride as well. Texas
1: Chainsaw Part Two is one it's of the, the best. Most, it's so good. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's so zany.
0: It's a canon film. It is yeah. it is made by the the uh Golem and Globus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is zany.
0: That is a zany ass movie. It's a
1: zany movie. When they get when he gets the two chainsaws and they have the chainsaw fight. Incredible. Buddy.
0: What Dude, are we talking about? That whole series is pretty good i mean yeah. even the, have you ever seen the third one yeah with vigo yeah vigo mortensen yeah who'd have thought I, and then the fourth one which everybody hates which is not great but i still love i have not seen texas chainsaw 3d which is supposed to be a direct sequel to the original
1: um uh, i've not I seen that either, one yeah
0: but i hear it's decent Neat. and so i would watch it um so I have a couple questions that I usually ask about movies that we've kind of gone over all of them. So I'll just do this one. This is the hardest one. Okay. You're making Breathless. Producer says that you've got to lose 20 minutes. What do you do? Fuck. Of this movie? 10 minutes, because it's a short movie. You've yeah, got to lose it's a, it's 10. It's a 90 minute movie. I He's gotta like, we've got to we gotta get it in at 82. Uh, For some reason, the, the theater wants 82 minutes. Okay. What do I you would, lose?
1: I would shave... The very beginning when he is. Uh, when he steals the first car, and then he's in the car driving for a very long time, and just like. At one point, he's like, I love France. Like, he's driving for a good long time. So I'm pretty sure I could shave about three minutes off of that. Um, I would shave. I think. A couple minutes off of the scene with Patricia and the guy uh, that she's talking to when he's telling the story about how he went to lunch with a girl and uh, wanted to ask her to sleep with him and forgot and then sent her a telegram.
0: I'd lose that. So that's two more. Oh, I did like that though. I like it. It's too. there to make him a little jealousy. I get right? it. That's part of well, him falling in love, yeah.
1: And so I'm saying, I wouldn't lose him being jealous and following them around.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would
1: just lose that bit. Yeah. Because it's it's a couple minutes. You have to be
0: a cold hearted editor. That's, I got the, it. that's yeah, the thing this about this question, yeah.
1: Um, there's definitely a minute or two that could be cut out of that bedroom scene for sure. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to, but there's a minute or two in there that could be sliced. Yeah, this would
0: have to be shaves. It, yeah. it, there couldn't be like a full excision of something. Exactly. Yeah. This
1: isn't. Yeah. This isn't me taking ten minutes out of the movie in a chunk. Yeah. It's like it's like shaving down stuff here and there. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, fuck it. I'm at nine at that point. Fuck you. I'm not answering your question.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, then here's the fun one though. So you got a ninety-minute yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. and your producer's like, "Listen, we gotta, we gotta beef this up another 15. Oh, easy. What would you do?
1: Easy. The uh, the end. I'm adding a minimum of eight minutes of a gun battle between him and the cops at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, where they're shooting at each other and the people of Paris kind of all sprint and run away. I get more budget in my brain. Uh,
0: because That's fun. Well, what's so funny... Your dude, producer's is giving, telling you you need 15 minutes. We're yeah, in right. reshoots, baby. There's a budget. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: real. But when he's running away from the cops and and he's shot in the back... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like You can see the people on the sidewalk like, what the fuck oh, is happening? Yeah. And there's like people like...
0: If that was the case, I'd be like, we're spending half of the budget on these reshoots on squibs and squibs alone. Yeah, dude. We're tearing this guy up.
1: (laughs) Let's fuck him up, like, big time. Um, I would add more to him spying on them, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I would make that more of a thing, and I would probably throw in a scene where, before he meets with her again, he finds the guy she went on the date with and kicks his ass.
0: Ooh, okay. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That changes things a little bit, though. Because, yeah. like, the, he's a dickhead in this that murdered somebody, but he's, like, I don't want to say he's polite. He's an asshole. It's the first thing he says. But, like, uh, there's a there's a level of decorum that just, like, sn- rolling up on someone and beating the shit out of him feels out of character for him.
1: But I don't think he's just rolling up on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's You true. know what I mean? Yeah. I
1: think, and I think that, it, especially in the style of the movie, there would be a two-minute conversation with the guy yeah, about yeah, yeah. cigarettes or something yeah. for a long time. Before he finally beat him up. Like when he goes to sell that Ford and the mm-hmm. guy's like, we'll give you 800,000 next week. And he's like, "Well, give me 2,500. And he's like, no fuck off. Like I know who you yeah, are yeah. Come back in a week if you want the money.
0: And then he ganks him. Yeah. yeah
1: and he beats the shit out of him in the car. Yeah. Or beats him in the in the garage. So like that kind of stuff, like I'm, you know, he's capable of doing these yeah. things.
0: You um, could probably frame it where he beats a guy up and then realizes like, I beat a guy up over a girl. Shit, I'm in love. Exactly. You know, you can play it that exactly. way. Yeah. And that's,
1: I think that would be kind of the love choice. It's like, okay. you know, if he you know has a big, long conversation with the guy, gets him to say something about Patricia, like, oh, like, are you into blondes? And he's like, oh, I was, you know, I'm going to sleep with this blonde in the future. Blah, blah, blah. And he beats him up for it. And then walks away and has, like, his own little two-line thing. Something about how he loves her and he knows he does because his hands hurt now. Yeah, so yeah, she, yeah, You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, it's
0: my pain of my knuckles. It's the pain of my heart. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. That's it's my exactly
0: side. what he sounds like. Is it okay to be racist against French people? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fuck him. Merde!
1: Sacre bleu! But uh, I did have... Uh, or Do you have more questions? Because uh, those are thrilling
0: ones. No, no, keep going. Most of the stuff we already covered. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, They're I was, really there for me to ask myself when I don't have a guest. Yeah, cool. Because I need to have something to Yeah. structure.
1: Nice. I do like, um, I, I. we were kind of discussing before, some charming criminals. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. People that deserve to be in prison, uh, but you, you can't help but love them uh, just for whatever reason. And I think some of them are way more charming than others. Some are just like hapless buffoons that you want to hug. But can you think of any off the top of your head? I'll start. Danny Ocean.
0: Danny Ocean. You know what was funny? I wasn't going with Danny Ocean. I was going with, um, what's his name? Vincent Castle's character in Ocean's 12. Oh, but cool. mostly because yeah. he's just fucking French. French. <laughs> so I'm yeah, just going exactly. that angle with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, same,
1: but like all the Ocean's guys. Like yeah. literally every one of them are just these they are criminals they Mm. deserve to be in prison they are breaking the law in a massive way but damn they are you just like them they are I want to hang out with them so bad I would break the law they're not the
0: worst guys Uh, no they're stealing from the rich yeah they're stealing from the rich and giving to themselves but the thing, but I always have one problem with the Ocean's crew though, is that they're like, we're gonna steal a hundred million dollars. Like, cool. It's like it's gonna cost us about ninety eight mil. Yeah, right. Like, okay. <laughs> we so need, we're all thirteen of us are gonna split two million profits. Yeah, Who's our did, fence? What's going on? We need a
1: drill that can cause an earthquake. Yeah. We're gonna Ready? need four
0: EMPs because yeah. you can't have a heist without an EMP anymore. <laughs> Although the second uh, Ocean's Twelve, that mm-hmm. one, I, re- I it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember that French New Wave and like european spy movies of the era were the main influence of that because yeah. it wasn't your classic heist movie it was more right. of a uh you know jet-setting uh scenic vistas thriller than it yeah. is a you know, yeah. exactly
1: exactly which is so much fun
0: Danny ocean's a good one uh, so what's the criteria it's just
1: charming criminals
0: simple Char- charming criminals yeah
1: or ones that like you like the
0: like the lead guy
1: is definitely or lead, I should say lead person is a hundred percent a criminal that deserves to be locked away forever that you are rooting for so hard. Okay. Um, I mean, like every woman revenge flick. Yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. Falls in line with that. You know. I think Kill Bill is is the obvious choice yeah, in yeah, my yeah. brain.
0: Uh, uh, there was a recent one, Guy Ritchie's recent movie, Wrath of Man. I haven't seen it. Jason Statham is a piece of fucking shit in that movie. Cool. And you want him to get his revenge. Word. Oh yeah. I love that. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. That's yeah. like I, yeah. I, I was very surprised it. that that was as good as it was. I haven't seen the gentleman. That's pretty good. I, I liked Wrath of Man better, but Gentlemen's a lot of fun. Cool. You got your Colin Farrell doing it. He yeah, yeah. squirts sandwich oil in a guy's face to fight him. It's oh, incredible. Fun. Yeah, you got a good it. time. Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Um, but yeah, but I did want to stay away from. Heavy dramatic revenge movies, because like yeah. I would say that Breathless, albeit a thriller and albeit a, a criminals being chased down by the cops, it's a romance to me.
0: Yeah, 100%. and it's very light. It's yeah. it's not because he's not concerned with the people chasing him. We're not concerned with the people chasing him. Yeah, there's I a lot of really trust. He'll be stuff. okay. Yeah,
1: it's very funny. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, like if you get what's coming to you, you kind of deserve it. But like, if you get to Rome too, that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So that's Go sort of it.
1: that's sort of the criteria I was leaning into. Is it's less revenge and a little bit more uh, fun. Uh, one of them I was thinking about, which uh, I know that Jenna would get excited about with Depp impact. Actually, two is a hundred percent when. Uh, Depp played Hunter Thompson in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but also, I feel nothing but remorse for uh, his character in Blow.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for his character in Blow.
1: Yeah. That last scene is gut-wrenching.
0: Yeah, and he gets ratted out. Yeah, when he's Ooh. sitting at the
1: table and he's like, I'm done, it's all over, and all the dudes there just heads down. He's like, all right, fuck it. Let's yeah. do it. Like, that just... Because that's what you were talking We were talking about that before the movie. Yeah. When, when you, you know, accept you're your fate and you know you're fucked. Yep. That's one of the best moments and that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. When he just sits back and he's like, all right. And he's just ready. Yeah. He's like, I knew
0: this was coming. Yeah. I thought I was going to get away. And
1: it hurts, dude. It and hurts. it hurts. So Ooh. bad.
0: Nothing worse than knowing you fucked up and it's yeah. too late. Yeah. It's too late. And it's like, it's a wrap. He's a really good example. Oh, I got to come up with one and I can't. Yeah, man. He's a really good example. I mean, I, I'm hesitant to go into, like, mob movies because that's just the way that they're framed is, like, yeah. they're, like, funny guys. Like, I mean, it, who does not love Ray Liotta's character in Goodfellas, but he's a fucking monster. Yeah. You know, like, he's a piece... Of, actually, in that movie, it'll be, uh... Pesci. Not Pesci. He's he's someone... He's terrifying. But De Niro's character... Yeah. Because he was just business. Yeah. He's, okay. you know, you, you respect him, you know... Uh, yeah, Pesci's a is. fucking monster. He's a monster. Yeah. He's like you, an actual you hope psychopath. He dies. Yeah, they well, had to kill you know what's interesting
1: him. is it, 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 it's sort of and that's again like just goddamn good storytelling and character dynamics. As much as you're hoping Joe Pesci dies, you feel bad as fuck for De Niro when he knows Pesci dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like his best friend's gone, and he knows it, and he knows there's nothing he can do
0: about and it, and he knows it's the right move. Yeah, that's the worst part the right about that. It, was, it was the right thing. He was too off the chain. Him. Yeah. Kills him. He does that again in um uh, the last one, The Irishman. Yeah. When he yeah, knows yeah. he's gotta kill Hoffa. It yeah. is what it is. And he's like It uh, is what it is. Yeah. Ah, they wouldn't do that to me. It is what it is. Yeah. I love that shit. It's so good. But that I feel like that's also just another cheap I wanna stay away, from mob, I wanna too. Stay away yeah, from mob yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also Jason Voorhees, but I want to stay away from that too, because we do root no, for him.
1: Yeah. To a point he's but
0: not see a character yeah, no, he's an horror, icon
1: horror movies you kind of root for the bad guy because you want
0: to see you know yeah, the teenagers
1: where get cut up yeah. like that's just what the movie is about. I, I want
0: to see goops yeah
1: yeah um, I'm trying to think of other good romantic examples um,
0: Have you ever seen oh, it was actually one that Garrett recommended to me on the show. Uh, it's an Alec Baldwin movie it's miami Miami Blue.
1: Maybe. I believe um,
0: it's called Miami Blue or Miami Miami Heat. No, Miami Heat's something different. Yeah.
1: That's a basketball team.
0: Oh, that is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much of Miami Blues. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin's like a fresh out of jail murderous psychopath who's just completely unhinged. Wow. Completely unhinged. And him and I think it's Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, he just like meets her. She's like a waitress or something. No, she's a hooker. And he's just kind of, he's actually, it's very similar to Breathless in that he's just trying to make sure he's not getting caught, but just live it up and blow some rails and do some titty fucking while he can. You know, like that's, that's his whole thing. But it is, you want to see Alec Baldwin unhinged, this is it. But at the same time, you're like rooting for him. Like, ooh, I hope he doesn't get caught, even though he just, you know, shot a lady. Yeah. But he would be a good example. I think a,
1: a good example too is Vincent Vega.
0: Yeah, Vincent Vega is a good one.
1: Because when, you know, obviously he's uh, an animal, but when he is panicking about oh, yeah. Mia Wallace dying, when he's like, when you see him revert to being the scared little boy that's like,
0: Yeah, that needs all the heroin, yeah. And doing
1: anything he can to kind of fix this problem. Um, and then when he dies, he gets shot up. And you're like, Oh, Vincent Vega's dead. And yeah, then he yeah, comes yeah. back, and it's like, oh, neat! We get to see yeah. more of it. Uh, like, one more, yeah, <laughs> it's so exciting. You know what I mean? Like you get this, you get One this more disastrous bongo. bathroom trip. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a good time.
0: What about someone like? Uh, I guess Mad Max isn't really like a bad guy. He's just kind of in a fucked situation. Mm, it's tough.
1: It's hard. right? It is tough.
0: It's hard. I had one a second ago, and now it's gone. True
1: romance is a good example.
0: Oh, what about a uh, drive? Oh, and I got a lot yes. of drive vibes from Breathless now because it's yes. a very similar thing of just like in my head. I was because one of the questions I ask on the show is if you had to cast the remake, who would you cast? And since there's already a remake, it's a moot point. But if I were to remake Breathless right now, it would be Gosling, hands oh, down. Good, gravy. hands down. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, yeah.
1: please. Yeah. Woo! As much of it as you can give me. Yeah. He. Yeah. For sure. Goo Goo
0: But yeah. yeah, Drive is, I think, a good example because he's someone that we root for and he is a genuine, dangerous person. For real
1: dangerous Yeah, person. like an
0: actual dangerous person yeah, man. who you probably shouldn't be around. Yeah, and he falls but in love with Man, that jacket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and then he falls in love. Oh, with the scorpion
1: on the back? What Fucking a Fucking metal. Bass. Yeah, it's so bass. good. Yeah. So good. I want that jacket. I could never wear it. I'm not that I cold. mean,
0: I would never... I would never look cool wearing it, but if I had it I would never miss an opportunity to wear it. Good call. And I'd probably be that guy that people people would all be like hanging out with me, like, oh My God, he's got the jacket again. And just secretly, but then I'd be like, "Guys, did you see my jacket? Yeah, look how fucking big this scorpion is on my back."
1: <laughs> I feel like if I bought that jacket, I would realize that I also had to now buy a thirty thousand dollar car. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the problem. That's really <laughs> the issue. Because is if like, you fuck, get well, out yeah, if you get out of like a sixty-eight Austin or a sixty-eight like a fifty-eight Austin Healey, then you can wear that jacket, and everybody'll be like, "Whoa." Yeah. Yeah. If you get out of my Honda Civic with that jacket, it's like, no, buddy, no. Yeah. Put, like, put that yeah. fucking. You slide
0: over. across the hood when you get in, but it's just dense. Yeah. Ah. Go, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, I feel like a Western is a good place to find. Like, every Clint Eastwood Western character is oh, a yeah. fuck that, that you root for. Or, oh, you know what? Tombstone, bro. Tombst- uh, Tombstone Unforgiven is probably yeah. the best example. Yo, fucking Doc
1: Holliday and Tombstone? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Val Kilmer
0: killed that. your Huckleberry. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking yeah, the um unforgiving character that uh yeah, that yeah. uh I almost said Stallone that no. uh, Clint Eastwood plays. Oh my god, yeah, he's a fuck. Yeah, yeah. What I love cool. about that movie too is that like his whole thing is like, no, I'm staying clean, I don't drink, I don't do this. And then for his last rampage, he just gets fucking shit hammered and goes on a murder quest. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's badass. So badass. Yeah. yeah Westerns is probably a good place to find like charming. Charming bad guys, yeah, for sure. You know, maybe not charming, but that like have enough of a code that you feel safe around them, even though they're dangerous. Maybe yeah, that sort of a thing. Yeah,
1: I just love it when the bad guy's the protagonist. Yeah, and and it makes you question, like, like the minute somebody reads in a newspaper, and that's what's so interesting. Like, all these people are reading about uh, about Michelle in the. Newspaper and they see his face and hear that he's a cop killer and they're like oh no you know what I mean but then at the same time here's this woman who's in love with him here's these friends mm. that he has that are like oh what's up you know what they call him amigo and he calls them yeah. sunny yeah and and it's just this like it's like he's not a terrible person if you know him it's that whole vibe where it's like somebody does something terrible and we deal with it every day in the news and Twitter cycle where somebody does something bad and it's like, oh, I thought he was such a nice guy or yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I so, like, he was really cool to me. Like, I always thought he was a pretty
0: nice dude. I thought John Mulaney didn't get erections. Yeah, not I a single one I thought he was one, one of the ever. people who never got erections. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah.
1: Harder than a rock, that hey. Mulaney.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go see his show. That's going to be rad.
1: Yeah. I'm jealous of you. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I love this movie and I love criminals that, that we are
0: forced to love. It's, I think that it's cool because we, we, we always go through waves of like, we need our heroes good and our evil guys bad. And then we go into a wave of like, now it's just all bad guys are good. You know, like that kind of thing. And like, I love that sweet spot in the middle where you're, where it's just, Fuck this guy, but I understand. Yeah, and like that is, and if, if a story can get me there, that is like the sign of a good movie. And I think that Breathless sort of gets me there. Like, I don't want to say that he's, because he's like he is a real character, he is a full character, but like he's almost a non-entity until he isn't. In terms of like, I don't know anything about him, and then suddenly I go, oh man, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like, I don't know how he got into this life. You know, it's that kind of a thing. And and this movie got me there pretty pretty uh thoroughly
1: yeah yeah that's amazing i uh i'm glad you liked it it was cool yeah because i really care about this movie oh right on well you know and like you're easy because you like everything but like you know how it is when you show somebody something that you love and it's like oh man i hope they're not and they just
0: they don't feel it yeah Yeah, that's the worst feeling in the world but it's worth it because when you show it to them it's the best yeah so i always show people time crimes because if someone goes, I don't like that movie. I go, I'm fucking get out of my house. Like yeah. we're never gonna speak again because you're wrong. Friends. You're an yeah. idiot. Yeah. So it's good stuff.
1: That's a good. That's a good friend test. It's a good friend test. Yeah. Time crimes. Time no. crimes.
0: Bye. Yeah. Bye. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh man and I
0: trip him on the way down the steps yeah just,
1: just kick him right in the back and I go, and go, you're all out of, of time life.
0: bitch even though it doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it it, it works it can it's they don't I right. mean who's judging me them fuck them they fuck don't, them. don't like time crimes yeah get down fuck get them. down the steps yeah As- assholes easy. any uh closing thoughts on breathless
1: uh I love it I'm glad you loved it it's so good yeah go on, go
0: on. Leave me breathless. been dying to do that since like noon today <laughs> <laughs> uh, woo! that felt good
1: i'm so glad that happened uh have
0: you watched anything recently that you want to recommend to our listeners before we uh wrap um, it up
1: i will say that uh if anybody is ever interested in what it's like to not be in production for a movie but to like get a movie made the um the series on netflix i've really been enjoying is the movies that made us
0: Oh yeah. That's been on my list for ages. Immediately put it on. Okay. Like
1: pick pick literally anyone and it's just such it's such a wonderful view into like how lucky we are that anything ever gets made ever. And like something I thought it was like a
0: nostalgia trip. It's actually like a production sort of thing. Yeah, this is it's a documentary
1: that's like, here's how Forrest Gump got made. Nice. And it's rad. Yeah, like I
0: thought, it was just gonna be like a memory clip show, which is why I was always no, hesitant. I dude, just figured no. it would be like something I put on when I was Immediately, fucking watch it. Okay. Immediately
1: watch it. Yeah, I'm into you'll, that. You'll be like, <gasps> you'll probably watch three in a row. I'm into that. It'll just freak you out. Yeah, it's it's um it's really delightful. So I've been watching that. Really enjoying that. Uh, what else have I watched recently? If anybody hasn't seen One Cut of the Dead, watch it.
0: That movie to me is one of the finest testaments to the collaborative nature of filmmaking. Yeah. And I don't want to say why or how or anything like that, because this is a movie you go in blind, but like if you like making movies and telling stories, One Cut of the Dead is something you don't want to miss. Yeah. But also if you just like a good zombie film that's found footagey, you're gonna love it as well. It's yeah
1: it's extraordinary. That's um, a great,
0: great movie. Yeah,
1: so I watched it with the girl and, and we visited her family. And so I watched it with her first. And what's interesting is she hates watching any movie twice.
0: Really? Really. Which That's is weird. weird right? I mean, I, I get it, because there's I so many it. movies you want to see, yeah, but for sure. but no movie just... reveals itself until your second viewing, really. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so she kind of just sticks with, like, I've seen it, and it's over. Uh, and I did the same thing with her, where I sat down, and I was like, we're going to watch One Cut of the Dead. Here's the fucking rule. Can't look it up. I can't tell you anything about it, but you have to promise me you're going to stick through it to the end. Nice. Because about 15 minutes in, you're going to wonder where the fuck it's going yeah, yeah. and what I'm, why I'm making you do this. You have to promise me you're going to stick with it. 15, 20 minutes in, it's just like the eyes are in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah. And it's like, why the fuck is yeah. this part of my life? This like, shit. Yeah, yeah, What is this? And then by the end of it, it's like that's the one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Nice. And so, like, forced her family to watch it, and it was the same thing and the same vibe and the exact same moment of, like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And then all of a sudden, like, back in. Compelled right back in. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, I'll always recommend One Cut of the Dead. I'm into that.
0: Well, I'll throw a, since you threw a doc at me, I watched two incredible documentaries. Mm. The first one, everybody should watch this tonight. It's called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It's on Hulu right now. David Arquette, actor, Officer Dewey from Scream. Back in the day, uh, as promotion for Ready to Rumble, and as a wrestling fan, he got brought into WCW.
1: Oh, shit. And
0: Yeah, and he did like a couple matches, and they said, we're going to give you the belt. We're going to write that in. And he was like, no, people respect this too much. I I will be destroyed if you give me the belt. No, I don't want to do that. But the script says what the script says and so he became the WCW World Champion and people hated him for it. And he believes that this caused people like his acting caused you know the wrestling world not to take him seriously and wrestling caused acting world not to take him seriously. Cuz like there's pictures of him on like variety or whatever with all of these superstars. And he's David Arquette. Yeah. Who we all love but And so, you know, he's still a goofball. He's, like, somewhat mentally ill. But he decides at the (laughs) outset of... I mean, in the way that we all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but he decides at the outset of this documentary, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to become a WCW wrestler. I'm going to go back in and I'm going to prove to the fans that I take it as seriously as them, that I respect it as much as them, and that even though that situation was out of my hands back in the day, like, I want to show them how much I love wrestling. Believe you me, it is the most inspiring weird, insane documentary you'll ever see. It's so good.
1: I think that's wonderful.
0: It's really, really wonderful. And like, there's so, like there's, there's literally a part, he's like on a horse, he's got a purple cape, he's fat, and he's smoking like a vape and he's just like, I just wish people would take me seriously. And like, the movie is filled (laughs) with so many moments like that where you're like, you are insulated from reality. But his earnestness is so infectious and like, he gets shredded and gets real fucking good at wrestling. And does like real stuff. It's, it's impressive. And he just comes across as like a, a good dude who's just, he's David Arquette. You know like, What do you want? It's really, really guy. good. And the only other one would be, it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. Also on Hulu, Rodney Asher. He did Room uh, 237, mm-hmm. The Nightmare. He makes documentaries that are more like art installations than anything else. This is about what if we're living in a simulation. Hmm. And so he interviews people, but nobody's face is ever on screen. They have like digital avatars. And so that's played for comedy and weirdness. But the whole idea is exploring like, what are the odds that we are in a simulation or that we'll be in a simulation? And of course it takes a horrifying turn in a way that I won't spoil, but it gets dark. But the whole movie is not necessarily about whether or not we're in a simulation. It's about our quest to create the biggest thing, the tallest thing, to reach out and ask these questions is, at least in the eyes of the film, proof of, of just something. Hmm. The fact that there's a human drive to just reach for whatever that is, be it breaking through the simulation, is something to be celebrated. So it's like a very hopeful documentary, but it's dark and weird uh-huh. and fucking cool.
1: Where did you see that? Hulu. Oh, right. Both were on Hulu, yeah. Yes. I just
0: kind of fell into a documentary thing for a day or two. but yeah. A Glitch in the Matrix. Highly recommend. And that's another one that, like, you might have to stick with. Like, at about a half hour, you'll be like, all right, like, you made your point. But at about 45 minutes, there's a thing that happens where you.
1: Right, ooh, oh, you got to sit down for a second. To, yeah. yeah.
0: It's good shit. That's exciting. Yeah. And it's like, it's got a good sense of humor about cool, it. Cool, Both cool. Both are very light and enjoyable documentaries that are, like, deceptively heavy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Highly recommend both.
1: I'm into that. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Right on. Watch movies. Right
0: on. Watch movies. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug? And where can anyone find you? Uh,
1: my my main thing is Instagram. I'm at Ian or whatever. I kind of deactivated it for a little while just because I needed some space. But it's been a few weeks. I'll pop back on there. Uh, and if anyone, I will say this. If anybody uh, might roll their eyes, but don't be fooled. Uh, watch Formula One. And you can listen to the Formula One podcast I do with Ryan Silver or whatever, um, and uh, it's called FPI F One. It's a good show. There's a great race on on Sunday.
0: Nice, nice. Um, and you guys are gonna cover it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Right fuck on. Yeah.
1: So nice. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, that's about it. Yeah, Ian or whatever. And then if you IMDB me, I think my email address is on there,
0: and you can just reach out to me, and there I will you go. talk to you and then until you don't want to talk to me (laughs) there you go yeah we can we can alienate you if you want yeah so at Ian or whatever and all the stuff check out f yeah f1 it's a really good podcast it's on the movie john podcast network where you can also find us here at i like to movie movie and by us i mean me you can find me at movie movie cast on twitter On Instagram, you can check out everything I do at Scullyvision.com and you can check out my other podcast, Hot Property. Uh, This week's episode, which is currently live, we did this year's Packy One Chip Challenge and tried to answer science questions. So it is a ridiculous good time. Definitely check it out. Awesome. All right, so that has been I Like to Movie Movie, and remember, there is something to love about every movie you see. Yes, even that one.
1: Even that one.